Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurous and as a safety zone? Are they demented love the punishment? I can't be sure. But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force to make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor. Hello everybody and welcome back to A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. I am your host, Dylan Reed Miller, and with us again from It's Not Casablanca, it's Kevin Brady. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. I'm sure you enjoyed our last episode on Dracula Untold. I'm an avid listener, don't you know? We are, we're back for uh, minute three, which begins with our titular cat scratching himself a little bit, shaking off them fleas, which is super engaging viewing, obviously. It is, and I'm pretty sure that when he walks away, there is uh, some sort of animal turd behind him. Uh, that he, he walks away from something. Now, it could be a clump of dirt, but I like to imagine that it's just a piece of old dog shit that nobody cleaned up. I'm sure it means, like, it has deeper meaning. Oh, no, I'm not. I don't think so at all. But would you be surprised? With the quality of the people that, that put together this movie, if they had shot that scene, and then at the end somebody said, oh my god, there's a clump of dog shit we forgot to clean up. No, that's alright, it was perfect. Mary Crawford loves this shot. Let's move on. And move on they did, to a very awkward music transition, and then the credits. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we go from uh, from the Casio keyboard, as I, I believe we pointed out in the, the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, the Bossa Nova rumba, to some ragtime type music yeah it sounds almost like marching band music but not played by marching band at all i don't think it was ever played by actual humans with instruments it's it's totally all synthetic um it's you know probably something that comes free with iMovie uh so it was just part of of editing software yeah yeah um and speaking of iMovie these credits are amazing aren't they Well, they are. I mean, I know my comment, and I I think you agreed when we were talking off-air, was that, uh, to me, this looks like it came from some early version of iMovie uh, mixed with some sort of Andy Warhol nightmare. Uh, It's got the the multiple boxes with multiple colors going on, you know, like the the Warhol style, and it's, it's just really fucking weird. And it's got, like, a weird filter on it. Right. To try, try to make it look artsy, I assume, so it looks like painted or sketched or something i don't know i guess i mean but it's like it's all these like bizarre shots of like the cat walking through a doggy door or you know the cat being distracted by somebody playing with a laser pointer it's really all these shots of the cat reacting to things that are going to happen spoiler alert later in the movie so this is all footage from later in the movie oh yeah i mean the one shot where the cat's walking through the door i swear they use that same shot four or five times in the movie like every time that cat walks through a door anywhere it's that door from that shot it's that sliding glass door it's just being efficient really well why waste time you know cats are tough to wrangle so why waste time making it walk through another door 
when you could just use the same door from earlier. Now, that cat could be boarding a spaceship. He's still going to be walking through that sliding glass door. It's uh, no matter where he's going, he's only got one entrance. And then he's, he's also got one exit that really focuses oddly on his butthole. So We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> no, we won't. That's not in our minute. You'll get there. I'll, I'll listen there. to it. You won't. But I had to mention um, the cat's butthole. <laughs> nothing, nothing is more entertaining than cat's buttholes. Um, I mean, it's good to have, like, a calling card, and his is... That sliding glass door. So, uh, so yeah. So as the as the credits roll on, we're introduced to the the horrible human beings that are responsible for giving us a talking cat. The star-studded cast of a talking cat. Well, but before we get to the cast, uh, we we should really touch on the uh, the director, who is the first name that pops up. The director, Ms. as it should be. Oh, obviously. I mean, it, it's as a true auteur, uh, Mary Crawford puts her name right out there on the front. This was her of vision. Course. Oh, yes, quite. Interesting thing about Mary Crawford. Tell me this interesting thing. So Mary Crawford is not, in fact, Mary Crawford. Mary Crawford is a gentleman named David DeCoto. Uh, now, that's a name that probably will mean nothing to 90% of the people listening, but I'm sure there's one person sitting out there going, God, I recognize that name. Why is it? Could it be because this is someone who's directed, like, 20 movies for Full Moon Studios? Uh, somebody who's responsible for bringing us Puppet Master 3. This same person goes by this alternate this alternate identity of Mary Crawford to direct family films like A Talking Cat and uh-huh. the follow-up Talking Pony. <laughs> and then Easter Bunny Puppy. And then as we discovered, you know, I kept calling it Halloween Puppy. You kept calling it a Magic Puppy. They're one and the same. They're the same thing. It's the same movie, just with... IMDb alternate titles, but Mary Crawford responsible for all of those. Somewhere deep in the darkest part of David Dakota's brain, I guess. I I can't claim to understand this, but um, it certainly is an interesting little thing. I kind of want to know which one is like more representative of who David Dakota is. Like, I'd love to get to know him and see if he's more like the guy that's like really got that mind that's set for Full Moon Studios. Or if he's the guy that's really got that mind for a talking cat. That's just this thing that is, and I, I don't know why it is, but this director just happens to be using a pseudonym. And it's, it's not crazy. the first time it's happened. I mean, you know, directors have, there's a uh, there's a story about, uh, Tim Burton directed some god-awful movie and, and took his name off of it, and, and it's a bad example to use because I can't fucking remember what it is right now, but, but there's a, a long-rumored... A uh, story about how Tim Burton created a character to direct some other shitty movie. Um, so it's not like it's the first time that a director used a pseudonym. It's just, this is just a really weird example because it's like it's not even like it's a series of movies. It's a genre of movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, another good example would be uh, Adam Rifkin and Riff Coogan. Riff Coogan, director of The Invisible Maniac, uh, is the same Adam Rifkin who is responsible for, you know, slightly more legitimate movies that have actually been released in theaters that people have seen. Well, I'll tell you what my favorite part of this director is. Uh, his IMDb bio, he's a dual citizen of Canada and the U.S., So, but my favorite part is in his bio, it says, quote, his passion lies in the creation of popular genre programming made for world consumption. Yeah, let that one ruminate for a second there. Uh, <laughs> you think yeah. he's workshopped that one? Uh, maybe a little. 
Uh, it's it's apparently a mini biography by L.M. Uh, could that be another pseudonym? Do you think he, he wrote that one as well? Uh, L.M. has written these uh, bios for David Dakotu, David Gang, Joey Stewart, Laura Pulver, Michelle M. Franco, and Sherry Richmond. So a bunch of people that you've never heard of before. I think my favorite part of that is uh, popular genre programming. I'm glad that at least they're uh, they're trying to sell him. And now that we've identified David Dakotu as uh, as the one and true Mary Crawford, we we do move on to the stars. And I use that word so very lightly of this movie. Mm-hmm. First name that popped up was Johnny Whitaker. What do you know about Johnny Whitaker? I know very little. What do you know? J- not much more, honestly. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> uh, I know that in my research, I found that Johnny Whitaker is apparently very famous to people of a certain generation. Uh, which mm. is an older generation than I, and clearly a much older generation than you, uh, for his role as the father on a family affair. Now, I don't know what a family affair is. I know it took place in the 60s. I'm thinking it's in the same genre as, like, Little House on the Prairie slash Bonanza, just maybe not set on the prairie or the Old West. But it's one of those types of family dramas. He did that for, like, eight years, and then did nothing else of substance. Sounds like a sounds like quite the career. Not a goddamn thing. So then he resurfaces to do a talking cat and his follow up, I think, to a talking cat is <laughs> he's he is the voice of the pony in of the uh, the titular pony in a talking pony. Amazing. I know, right? So I'm starting to wonder if uh, David Dakotu maybe this answers my earlier questions about wh- who is the true David to go to the oh. full moon studios guy or the family comedy guy. Maybe he is more like a cult leader because it seems like once you're in one of his movies, you come back again and again and again, because as we go through these credits, we're going to see more and more people who appear in these other awful Mary Crawford movies. I think maybe it's some kind of blood pact or like contract for their souls that they have to, they wanted their acting careers back, so now they have to be in these movies. I mean, look, you know, not for nothing, but if you were to find out tomorrow that a talking cat was the result of some sort of Faustian pact, would you really be surprised? No, probably not. So, uh, probably our biggest star in this production then, uh, because, you know, Johnny Whitaker disappeared somewhere around 1971 and didn't resurface until 2013, mm-hmm. uh, our biggest star would be Christine DeBell who is the, the mother ah. in The Talking Cat. Uh, you know, fine performance, I guess. Kind of... Sure. She looks like she's kind of high during half of it, and it's kind of lazily done and poorly acted, but, you know, hey. I think pretty much everyone in this was. Well, right, but you've got to... See, you've got to gauge things with, with expectations, right? So there's gotta, sure. you've got to have a baseline here. and Her performance doesn't come off as poor to me when you consider that Christine DeBell is a porn star. So if you ever wanted to see the mother from A Talking Cat naked, you can. That's right. Congratulations. uh, It's your lucky day. Find those late 70s VHS copies of uh, Alice in Wonderland Triple X, a fantasy porno musical, and you can see Christine DeBell in Only What God Gave Her. But uh, with that, with that role in a porno and a role in a Bob Zemeckis movie in the late 70s, she is officially the most successful person in this cast. She's got the most credits under her belt, and uh, probably the most people have seen her work. In the human cast, well, uh... That's true, yes. I, we're, we're talking about purely of human beings who appear in this movie. We are not going to cover anyone who may or may not voice titular characters in a talking cat. We'll leave that for next episode. That's right. I have to leave something on the bone here. The, the next three names that we get, 
not really inspiring. Uh, Justin Cohn, who I think he did an episode of Glee. That's uh, there you go. That's about it for for Justin. So his career. The did kids not... like Glee, right? <laughs> He's he. A talking cat was not the rocket ship to uh, Hollywood superstardom that he thought it would be. Janice... We're sorry, Justin. We're sorry. <laughs> Janice Peebles and Allison Psyche, um, the best thing I can say about these two girls and their careers is that they are 20 and 23 respectively. So it's okay, guys. You don't, and guys and gals, you don't have to feel totally pervy about uh, any level of enjoyment you might take out of their roles in The Talking Cat because they are of age. <laughs> One out there for the pervasoids and pervasettes. <laughs> That's all I've got for this minute. Anything else that I missed that you wanted to uh, chime in with? I don't think so. We're coming up on the end of our time anyway, so I guess it's a good time to uh, wrap up. Uh, it has been wonderful having you back, Kevin. Thank you. I've really enjoyed my time here. I think it's a great show you guys are doing, and uh, you're doing God's work out there, Dylan. That's what you're doing. You're doing God's work bringing a talking cat to the masses. Thanks, uh, sir. Thank with you. the talking cast. It's been, uh, it's been a joy so far. Check out Kevin's podcast. It's not Casablanca. Thank and, you. And um, yeah. Kevin, come back anytime. We've Thank loved you. Loved having I, you. I, I've got. Um, I got to admit, I do have a certain minute picked out that I've. I put a little pin next to it. I'm hoping that I'll get the call back for. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens later in this uh, this year. I'll put in a good word for you. Excellent. And we'll see you next time on a Talking Cast. Bye, everybody. Bye. Minute by minute. That's so they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. A talking cast is about to begin. It's a that was episode three of A Talking Cast. The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. Your host was Dylan Reed Miller with guest host Kevin Brady. Episode edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kovaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. Rest in peace, Daya Hernandez.